On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, we have a twofer, two guests, Sergio Mora. You know him, current broadcaster on the zone. He's got a big one this weekend, a quadruple header on the zone, headlined by Bam Rodriguez, who is also on the show. We're going to talk to Bam Rodriguez, get his thoughts on going up against all these legends, being the youngest champion in all of boxing and all that entails, all the pressure of fighting at home. But Sergio will break down. Uh, better be Evan Smith. We'll also talk some AJ in Usyk and obviously uh, the quadruple header on DAZN. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live, presented by John Boy Media. I am your host, Dan Canobio. Great show for you today as we catch up with Bam Rodriguez and Sergio Mora. Uh, you're going to hear from Sergio Mora first. We're going to talk about what we saw this past weekend uh, with Arthur Beterbiev, quite possibly the scariest boxer in the game right now. It's either him or Inouye in terms of the biggest punchers and just downright beasts in the ring as Arthur Beterbiev took out uh, Joe Smith. Uh, that was this past Saturday over at MSG at the Hulu Theater. We're also going to hear from uh, Bam Rodriguez, a great young champion, the youngest champion uh, in all of boxing. So two great guests for you today. We're going to talk about what we saw over at Madison Square Garden with, uh, you know, Arthur Beterbiev. Jeez, good God. I mean, I thought it was going to go rounds. You know, I took the over uh, my same game parlay over on DraftKings because – I thought that Arthur Beterbiev was a slow starter. I mean, that's the, when I study the numbers, that's what that's been the case with Beterbiev. And I think that Joe Smith made this very easy or made it easier for Beterbiev to go on the offensive early. Hit behind the ear. That's what Joe Smith's camp is saying. You know, rabbit punches. Uh, you know, that was Joe Smith's promoter saying that, not so much uh, Joe Smith. But I believe, and we'll talk to Sergio about this, that once better be have landed flush, and he was landing flush early and often on Joe Smith, Smith panicked a little bit, and he started to brawl. And you don't brawl with a puncher. You box with a puncher. And Joe Smith throws a lot of jabs, and that was supposed to be the, the game plan for him, uh, for Joe Smith. But better be have just, just disarmed him, took him out in two rounds, made it look easy. So now he, he's got three belts, and we're going to start to bang the drum for a undisputed fight with Dimitri Bivol. Uh, Bob Arum is playing his political games, is playing his promotional games, saying that no one knows Bivol. He fights on dead zone. <laughs> That's his play on, on the zone. Um, it's an all-Russian fight. I don't know if there's an appetite right now for an all-Russian fight, given what's going on in the world and uh, everything that's going on between Russia and, and Ukraine. But, you know... Better be and his team. If you watch any of the buildup, uh, Top Rank did a great job. Better be of it hasn't lived in Russia in like 15 years. He is a citizen of Montreal. He speaks English. Uh, you know, he's a pretty quiet guy and a funny guy in the ring. He's a downright, uh, you know, just a beast in there. But that's the fight I want to see. They're talking about Better be of you know fighting Anthony Yard. That's his mandatory. Maybe we don't get Better be of and Bivol next. I mean, as boxing fans, we're accustomed. Uh, to having to wait a little bit. I can see better be fighting an Anthony Yard. I can see Bivol fighting a Zerto uh, Ramirez, which is a tough fight. Like Zerto Ramirez can knock off Bivol. I don't expect him to, but that can just throw a wrench in, in this whole thing. But then we get Zerto versus better be But anyway, you slice it. Better Arthur better be belongs in your mythical, you know, pound for pound list. He's one of the most exciting fighters to watch today. And he is a downright beast. His punches look 
and sound different. So that was the biggest fight uh, this past weekend. Some big news in boxing is AJ and Usyk. Uh, they're going to be fighting uh, August 20th in Saudi Arabia. The press conference was this past week. Uh, Anthony Joshua had his global ambassador hat on, talking about how he's a happy fighter. He changed what music he listens to, changed what he, what he eats now, and just talking like a guy that's trying to um, reinvent himself for what seems like the third or fourth time in his career. Usyk, comical, collective, uh, collected. We've seen that from Usyk now. That's a big fight. I'm looking forward to that fight. When I made a list a few months ago of my top ten fights I'm looking forward to in, in 2022, I had A.J. Usyk number one. Um, this was before Spencer Crawford was, I thought, was going to happen, but I still have it in my top three. It's a heavyweight fight with three belts on the line. Uh, the winner should fight Tyson Fury because I don't think Tyson Fury is retiring uh, anytime soon. But that's pretty much the biggest news of the week. Um, Andy Ruiz and Luis Ortiz have signed on the dotted line. Uh, that's a fun fight. It's a, it's a pay-per-view. I know some fans are upset with that, but I think it's going to be one of those $50 Fox offerings. It lands on a Sunday night, which is interesting, but it's the Sunday night of Labor Day weekend. Um, that's a fun fight. It's a fun TV fight. I wish it was on regular Fox. I wish it was on regular Showtime, but I, I, I digress. But, you know, I can make a case for both guys winning. You know, Ruiz, a younger fighter, uh, puts his combinations – together a little bit better than Ortiz. You know, Ortiz still has heavy hands. Look what he did to Charles Martin. I could see both guys hitting the canvas in this fight. I could see if Andy Ruiz wins, getting himself into the Deontay Wilder sweepstakes because that's a fight the PBC has always wanted to make. Uh, titles are not on the line. Andy Ruiz versus Deontay Wilder is a box office type of fight. You put that at Barclays. You put that at Crypto.com Arena, which still feels weird to say. Uh, that's where Ruiz will be fighting Ortiz on September 4th. Carilicia Shield, Savannah Marshall could fall on September 10th. Uh, so September's starting to fill out. Uh, it's been a great year of fights. And also Jake Paul, as I record this, is starting to make some noise, looking to call out Tommy Fury. We can expect a announcement very soon. Uh, those two want to get in the ring August 6th. Some good fights. Uh, I know that Jake Paul isn't your cup of tea, isn't everyone's cup of tea. I enjoy watching him fight from the business side of things. I like how he you know, just manufactures these beefs with these guys. The, the, the choosing of the fighters is interesting to me. And he's fighting at Madison Square Garden. He's headlining Madison Square Garden, Jake Paul. So guys like Muhammad Ali, <laughs> uh, Felix Trinidad, Roberto Duran, go up and down the list, Miguel Cotto, Taylor Serrano, Jake Paul. Added to the list of boxers that have headlined at Madison Square Garden. Wild. Wild. You know what's also wild? Our new friends that are partners here at Inside Boxing Line. That's Cushy Dreams. You got stress? You got anxiety? You got sleeping problems? Who hasn't experienced some of those these past few months? I sure have. But thankfully, Cushy Dreams is here. Cushy Dreams specializes in high-quality legal cannabis. Smokable Delta 8 THC. CBD has shown to help with anxiety, inflammation, pain relief without being rip-roaringly high. So you can smoke some CBD and go into work. Today, we have a special offer for you. Your first pre-roll is free with code BOXING. That's code BOXING. You get CBD or Delta 8 for free. All you have to do is pay shipping with code BOXING. Pre-roll joints and organic hemp paper, and they feature an even slow burn. They offer both indica and sativa uh, strains, so you can pick which mood you want to be in. You want to relax, you want to hustle, you want to create, you want peace, you want energy, or you want to dream 
Cushy Dreams can offer you there. They're also working on some gummies. They're coming soon. That's huge. Pop a few of those in. Watch a fight. I'm sure you'll enjoy it even more. So there's your offer. Go to CushyDreams.com. That's CushyDreams.com. Use code BOXING at checkout. You get your first CBD or Delta 8 pre-roll for free. All you got to do is pay shipping. Pre-rolls are regularly about 15 bucks each. So uh, smoke your CBD, Delta 8, with promo code BOXING and enjoy a free joint today with that let's throw it over to our friend Sergio Mora let's bring in our guest this week you know him Sergio Mora former super welterweight champion current zone broadcaster former winner of the contender looking slim looking trim gonna be in San Antonio calling the fight look at that I mean you're, you're still like 154 man you can still fight I can still fight but I got no legs and uh, as far as my my frame, it's called stress, Dan. When you have kids, you'll find out. I don't have any kids yet. But we have something for that. This, this show is brought to you by Cushy Dreams. It's smokable CBD. It says that they'll bring your stress away with some Cushy Dreams. That's a plug right there. Bring some, bring some to San Antonio. I might, I, might, I might have to take you up on that. You know who needs some Cushy Dreams? Uh, Chris Mannix. Oh, man, he needs more than just that. Yeah, he needs uh, therapists, two shrinks. Cushy dreams, all of the above, and a couple of drinks. Uh, you will be on the call this Saturday night. Uh, a quadruple header from San Antonio. Something for everyone on Saturday on the zone. Headline: Jesse Rodriguez, Circuit uh, Sung. Uh, wait, I got I messed that up. Rungvisai, so Rungvisai. I'm not even gonna try to say his first name because I don't think anyone refers to him as with his first name. It's the Rat King. Uh, that's the main event. Uh, Bam Rodriguez with the youngest champion in boxing. We'll get to all that, but I want to get your reaction from what we saw this past weekend. Uh, Arthur Bederbiev, Joe Smith at 175 pounds, a uh, destruction. Uh, Arthur Bederbiev, I said this after the fight, he might be the scariest fighter in the game right now. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think someone's scarier, but uh, whenever you have that kind of power where they don't need to land anything cleanly, he was knocking down Joe Smith Jr. with punches that weren't really solid punches or grazing, chopping, you know, punches, and they were doing damage. And Joe Smith is a, you know, 175-pound cinder block, you know, with, with crushing power of his own, but that just goes to show you the scary power. So, yeah, I think better be it is what Golovkin was, you know, 10 years ago when he was knocking out everybody and, and uh, doing it in an impressive fashion, better be of his, is the new Golovkin. Yeah, I would say like it's like in a way, and it's better be of right now in terms of the best punchers in the game. Maybe Jamel Charlo throw him in there too because he has got some devastating power as well. But, man, 175-pound division, is it, it's fun right now. And, you know, it's between better be of and, and Bivol. But just going back to, th to that fight, you know, uh, Joe Smith says he got hit behind the ear and he, his equilibrium was off. I'm sure you, you can attest to equilibrium shots and what they do to fighters and that it's very hard to recover from them. But to the naked eye, it looked like that, that Joe Smith went in to, to box, got hit, felt that power, panicked a bit, tried to brawl, then ultimately ultimately lost. Uh, an interesting game plan f from Joe Smith, but that's a, that tends to happen, right? You know, you get in there and you, you taste that power and you go, wait, wait a second, I got to get this guy out before he gets me out. Hey, hey, listen, Dan, that's part of boxing. And yes, those equilibrium shots are like borderline when they hit you in the temple and the ear area, still legal. But uh, 
they throw off your legs and your knees and your feet don't cooperate with what your you know brain is signaling to them. And another thing is he got hit, Joe Smith got hit so early in that fight. So if that fight would have been in the middle rounds and he would have taken that, that shot a little uh, better, but whenever you're getting hit, you know, by a big punch like better did in the first round, in the second round, yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna uh, recuperate from that. It's just like Mike Tyson, you know, when he knocked out uh, what's his face in ninety seconds. What was it? Uh, it's Trevor Burbick. Trevor Burbick. Yeah, it was just a, it was a glancing shot. It wasn't really that it landed solid. But whenever you, you're dealing with with punches like Tyson and Betterbeev and Golovkin, they don't need to hit you cleanly. They can graze you. And yeah. I was talking about Betterbeev. You know, they're chopping, you know, chopping right hooks kind of punches. And the first one didn't land, land cleanly, but it did the job. And uh, Smith Jr. never recuperated. Who was the hardest puncher you ever faced? You know, you're not going to believe me, but, you know, there's a couple of them that you never even heard of. They're on the on my way up. Vito Rubacalva. Oh, you know, he had 32 wins, 29 knockouts. Uh, crashing puncher, man. I, I knocked him out. Uh, another guy named uh, Sam Samuel Miller. Golovkin fought him. Daniel Jacobs fought him. Hard puncher from Columbia. Uh, of course, Shane Mosley, but Shane Mosley was a compact, strong puncher. He wasn't one of these guys that that didn't have to hit you cleanly. Those heavy-handed punches that I'm talking about, like better be than Smith Jr. Yeah. All right, so the big fight now, 175, what everyone wants to see is Dimitri Bivol versus better be It's for all four belts. Uh, Bivol's coming off of probably the best win of the year over uh, Canelo Alvarez. You were on the call for that one. Bob Arum says no one knows Bivol. He fights on dead zone. I don't agree with that because he just beat Canelo. You know, Bivol went on the barstool, pardon my take. He was everywhere. Like, people here at John Boy who are not boxing fans say, oh, wow, who's this Bivol guy that beat Canelo? That's arguably the biggest win of the year. I don't buy that from Aram. That's just promoter talk. I want to see that fight because you got a guy in Bivol that can box, who can move. Uh, you know, we saw what he did to Canelo Alvarez, and we saw what he's done his whole career. Has pop, really, really good jab and good defense. That's stylistically better be of Bivol. Who, they throw aside their popularity, whatever. The hardcores want to see that fight. It's been the year of the undisputed. How do you see that fight playing out between a, the, the prototypical puncher versus boxer? Well, Dimitri Bivol just finished beating the number one fighter on the planet and the most popular fighter on the planet in Canelo Alvarez. So if people don't know who just beat the man, uh, that's ridiculous. And, you know, Bob Arum and a lot of people act like everyone knows who Archer Betterbeard is. People can't even say his name, let alone, you know, remember who he is. People on the inside know exactly who Betterbeard is. He's a beast. You know, he's an Olympian, uh, Canadian, you know, Russian background. I mean, this guy's a monster and, and he's exciting to watch. But, yeah, he's not a, a household name. Bebo just beat a household name. To, to go to your question, how does Bebo and, and Betterbeard play out? I would like Dimitri Bebo in this fight because he has the confidence. He is the uh, he is the undisputed king at, at at 168, and I just think he has the footwork, the footwork to get away from Better BF's crushing power. So you need distance, you need footwork, and you need a jab. These are things that nullify power. But Better BF proved in that Joe Smith Jr. fight, at least in that first round, that he's not all power. He was moving in that first round. He was boxing. He was using some of that Olympic pedigree. You know, better be just not a crushing puncher coming forward. He will inevitably do that, but he can also move as well. Uh, but between both those guys, I would like Bebo on a decision, close decision. 
Oh, that's to be a great one. That's something we got to see, and we're getting these fights this year. It's been the year of the Undisputed. It's been the year of the unification. It's been the year of great fights. All right, Sergio, another big fight, another unification bout. You're going to be there in Saudi Arabia. It's a long flight. Hopefully you don't sleep through uh, the fight, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a story time in a second. But Anthony Joshua, Usyk, we just saw their press conference this week. There's so many takes being thrown out there. AJ saying he's a happy fighter. Happy fighter is a dangerous fighter. He's got a new trainer. Usyk is coming off of, uh, you know, I wouldn't say fighting in the war, but being over in the Ukraine. He looked thin uh, a few weeks ago. Now he's filling out a little more. Let me get into the actual fight. How is it going to play out? Will AJ and his new trainer, Robert Garcia, take it? to Usyk. Will Usyk fight better? Because I do think he can improve on some aspects too. Uh, we'll start with AJ. Do you think he should be more aggressive? Do you think you can be more aggressive? Can you teach a dog new tricks uh, when he's in his 30s? Look, man, I, I think the world of uh, Robert Garcia as a trainer and as a former champion. I mean, he's, he's one of the greatest in, in the world. And I can see why Josh Bill picked him. But they're going to have a short camp, uh, you know, I believe it's about, about three months. A short camp uh, to change, to completely reinvent a former heavyweight champion who's had so much success from the Olympics, you know, winning a gold medal to, to becoming a unified heavyweight champion. You know, that kind of success, you don't need to beat out all the old tricks. You are who you are. You know, Joshua is who he is. He just, he just met uh, a complete fighter in Usyk, a southpaw, a gold medalist himself, uh, an undisputed champion moving up. It's the footwork. It's, 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 the, it's the fight IQ. It's the game plan. It's going to be hard for AJ to, to, to beat Usyk. And I, I got to be honest with you, I don't see much changing, except, you know, Joshua maybe trying to implement a, a more aggressive, you know, game plan. But other than that, once he starts getting hit by straight left hands from that southpaw angle and then moving and having to, to trap Usyk in the corner and getting them against the ropes, that's going to take more than just, you know, fighting aggressive. You're, you're going to have to have experience doing that. Unless they had a lot of smart sparring partners that were southpaws that had, you know, that were fleet-footed and knew how to move. If they had great sparring, then maybe I could see AJ having some success. I, I just see, you know, all the cards are going to be stacked against them and Robert Garcia, you know, I think the world of both of them. Mm -hmm. I, I still would favor Usyk in this fight. Uh, Josh was going to have his hands full. Maybe something that Joshua should look into is, is attacking the body more. I thought he had a lot of success early on in the fight, and I saw some, like, visible wincing from Usyk when he went to the body, but he only landed 15 body shots in the fight. Uh, AJ uh, and Usyk, that's not enough. If you want to slow down a guy in Usyk who – relies on movement, uh, is a smaller heavyweight. Maybe that's something that they can implement. But I do think that it's interesting, the narratives around AJ, and everyone wants to figure out his psyche and figure and wants to say what he needs to do better, you know, throw less jabs, uh, but go back to the seek and destroy that we saw before Klitschko. But how about just giving Usyk props? Like, this guy disarmed him. He didn't allow him to throw more power shots. He didn't allow him to settle in. And he didn't allow him to land to the body. Maybe that too. I think a lot of this is like what AJ needs to do better and not – or what AJ can improve on and not the fact that Usyk just fought a brilliant fight uh, last September. That's always the case. That's always the case whenever a, a champion loses for the first time on a big stage. The first person that wants to get fired is the trainer. Uh, you know, you have to blame somebody, and that's how it is with champions. Joshua did the right thing by not firing Robert McCracken, but everyone around him wanted – 
um, from a crack and fire. Now this time around, you know, uh, he wanted a new trainer and it was just a, a strategy thing. It was a game plan thing. You know, Josh was such a cerebral fighter where he knows what he has to do, but he just, he, he wants to cover every base. And I think if, if the first time around the first loss, he didn't change his trainer. Second time around, he said, look, I got nothing to lose now. You know, uh, so he brought in the right trainer. They probably have enough time, but can Joshua do exactly what Garcia is going to demand of him? I, I just, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, maybe for two or three rounds, but then he's going to resort to what he is. And that's a big man with a big punch that is used to, you know, knocking out anything he lands. For this one, he's going to have to trap before he lands. He's going to have to trap you know, Usyk before he can land something big. And he's not going to hit the head. You're right. He has to attack the body. He has to attack the biceps, the shoulders. He's going to have to be content, Joshua is, to hit anything but the head. It's not going to be a sexy fight. It's not going to be a peeling fight. But you're going to have to rough up Usyk. And that's how you get Usyk out of your uh, out of his comfort zone. Make him feel your power. You know, make him feel that size advantage. On the inside, you know, you got, you got to play dirty. You got to, you know, uh, uh, like Tyson Fury leans on opponents, uses that height, that size, that 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 weight, and he leans on opponents. The only thing he gets out of it is the the referee warning him. But the the sapping of the legs is already there. You know, with with the opponent. So leaning on your opponent, fighting like a big man, fighting like a big man. That's all Joshua needs to do. But it's easier said than done. Yeah, a lot easier said than done. And it seems like Garcia will come in and change the mindset. You know, that's something that, that AJ was talking about a lot uh, in the press conference. Uh, you know, global ambassador Anthony Joshua for the zone. That's what, you know, some people say he's hard as an image. I think it was Joe Joyce said that he's a businessman now. He's making too much money to still be hungry. I don't know about all that, but, you know, AJ's going to, looking to become a three-time world champion, a uh, heavyweight champion, and – uh it hits different though when there's with these rematch clauses. When Holyfield was like a five-time world champ, he had to like rebuild himself. They didn't have the rematch clauses back uh, back in the '90s. They're as, or at least not as pre prevalent uh, as they are today. But that's the case. That's going to be going down uh, August 20th in Saudi Arabia. AJ Usyk too, one of the biggest fights. In boxing. All right, this weekend, San Antonio, you'll be on the call alongside um, your friends over there at the zone. Jesse Rodriguez, Bam Rodriguez, uh, he's will be appearing on this show uh, with us this week. Uh, going up against Sorungvasai. I love this fight. Uh, what I like the most about it, Sergio, is that Rodriguez is in a position right now to take out legends. You know, he's in a really good spot in this weight class. You know, a lot of the guys in this weight class, uh, you know, had did the dirty work, you know, f you know, brought that this weight class into the forefront you know I'm talking about Chocolatito I'm talking about Estrada I'm talking about guys like Ioka he just took out Quadras all those guys fought on HBO and they were brought into our living rooms but now Rodriguez is the young pup can come up and take them out one by one and establish that's how you make yourself a star in this sport so that's the most intriguing thing uh, to me is how we seeing a star uh, on our hands in Rodriguez and he could take out some of these guys at 115 starting with Rungvisite it's not going to be easy though not. And uh, that's exactly what, you know, young champions do. They take out old legends and that's how they become stars themselves. He's taking a, a page out of every great champion. You know, Oscar de la Hoya, I'll just bring him up. You know, when he was coming up, he, he beat Chavez, the great Chavez. He beat the great Pernell Whitaker on the way up. You know, he was beating guys like Chicanito Hernandez and, uh, you know, a lot of names like that. So if you can pick up old legends like that, Floyd Mayweather did the same thing. Every great champion has done that. And Van Rodriguez... You know, yeah, it's the opportune time for him to pick 
you know, have his pick in it, all of them. You know, first he started with Quadras. Now, you know, maybe he has a chance to still run the side from there. He can go to Estrada, to Chocolatito, and then, you know, maybe even a monster. Who knows? But there's a lot of names. But that's how you become a legend in the sport, by picking up those names, you know. I had a chance to fight, you know, two great fighters and Vernon Forrest and Shane Mosley. I went one, one and one with those two guys. But um, to have a legend on your resume, it, it's everlasting. You know, people see you in a different light. So even though right now Bam Rodriguez is the youngest champion in the sport, people still think that he might be inexperienced. But by picking off these champions the way he did Quadras, and if you can do it with Sorongbasai, that's how you become the king in this division, not just a, a young prince. Talk about the inexperience, Sergio. Rungvisai has 77 championship rounds. Rodriguez has 62 career rounds. That just says it all right there. Rungvisai is tough, man. This guy had the, the record for most punches thrown in a round at Superfly. Uh, he held the record for like three months until Chocolatito beat it. But Rungvisai threw 148 punches uh, in one round in, in his last fight. He's rugged. He has power. He hits to the body. I'm not saying this is an easy win for for uh, Rodriguez. I'm not, you know, I think Rungvisai, if he fights his fight and he can get Rodriguez into a firefight, can win this fight. Yeah, of course. But uh, Jesse Rodriguez is not going to fight that fight. If you know, the best thing about Rodriguez is his footwork, and he does it from a left-handed stance and the angles. He doesn't stand in front of power, you know. So Rungvisai, of course, he looked like King Kong in his last couple of fights because he wasn't fighting, you know, movers. He wasn't fighting boxers. He wasn't fighting champions. So yeah, you can you can look as good as you want in your last couple of fights if a guy's standing right in front of you. Once somebody starts moving on you, stepping on you, popping you, body shots, going back to the jab, and then moving away from you, it's like, here I am, now I'm gone. So it's very, very frustrating, especially when you're dealing with a fighter with so much experience that's used to, you know, getting his way. Once a young pup, a young champion, a fighter of this caliber starts moving around, you get frustrated, you start feeling old, and then that's when, you know, doubt starts going in your head. But whenever you're dealing with someone with power, you know, they, they don't get as discouraged as anyone else. So, yes, so Rungvisai will have a chance all the way to the end because he has that experience and he has that power. Right. 15-month layoff for Rungvisai. Um, the thing with Rodriguez is he's not a volume puncher. He is a precise puncher. He lands about 40% of his power shots. That's a really good number. Throws around 50 punches around. That's that's pretty low for the Superfly division, but that's fine for him. You know, that's how you disarm uh, volume punchers is with precision. You get them to fight your fight. That's why I love these types of fights too is when you have a volume guy versus a precision guy because usually the case is the volume guy lowers down uh, to the to the uh, boxer, and then that's when Jesse Rodriguez should uh, be able to take over. He's talking about uh, maybe he wanted to go back down to 112. Do you think he should stay at 115? Because, you know, in my opinion, I think that's where, like we just talked about, some of the biggest names are. Uh, do you see a big-time future for Jesse Rodriguez at Superfly? I think uh, Bam Rodriguez has a great team behind him, and whatever decision they make is because, you know, he has full confidence in Robert Garcia and and everyone that, that manages and, and promotes him. Uh, whether it's 112 or 115, I think he's gonna fit in just nice because he doesn't exchange with these power punches in these naturally bigger fighters. He's a mover, he's a sniper. He'll catch you from angles. Guys that fight like that, you know, they can move up in weight divisions. Lomachenko, you know, three, three weight division champion. He did it, 
being the smaller fighter every time, but he's popping you from different angles. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what Bam Rodriguez is. Now, if he was mixing it up with these big guys, I would say, no, we'll go back down to 112. We'll go back down to as low as possible. But because he's a small fighter that doesn't fight like a big man and he still knows how to uh, you know, take them apart, yeah, it's all, it's all good. That's where the money is. That's where the big fights are. Yep. And like you said, that's where the big names and the legends are. Yeah, he also told me he has, you know, dreams of one day moving up to 126. They can see himself settling in his ad. He's only, what, 22 years old or 22 years old, born in 2000. I was like, dude, you were one of you were fighting in 2000. I told him, like, I, feel, I consider myself young, and I remember 2000. It's wild to see that there's a champion in boxing right now that was born in 2000. This is an awesome card. This is a hardcore boxing fan's delight. Uh, main event, Bam and, and Sorung Vasai. MJ Akhmadaliyev, who is a unified champion uh, at the weight class just above uh, 115. He wants to fight Stephen Fulton, obviously, but he's got to get past Ronnie Rios. Jessica McCaskill, undisputed at 147 pounds, fighting Alma Abara, who is a tough, tough competitor. Who That woman has been to a lot, if you don't know her story. Uh, that's an undisputed fight. And then J.C. Martinez, Ray Martinez, is back against McWilliams Arroyo. If you watched that first fight, that fight was crazy. Both guys touched the canvas in the, in the first round. A cut over Arroyo's eye. Uh, you know, there was talks about maybe he want looking for a way out. But top to bottom, great card. Speak on the card. Why should we watch on Saturday night on the zone? Top to bottom, I think we're going to get a couple of upsets here. I'm not going to say who, but I think we're going to get more than one upset. In the, on this card, and that's what makes uh, boxing so exciting. Uh, we get we get MJ Akhmadaliyev, who is you know an uh, incredible fighter. You know he's an incredible talent. He's you know exciting to watch. Um, big power, but he also has that footwork. So Bam Rodriguez with power there with MJ Akhmadaliyev. Ronnie Rios, you know he's been on a on a on a four fight win streak since losing his last fight. He was on a, on his way out, thinking of retirement. Now he's fighting for the unified championship. I mean that's that's. That's a Rocky type story right there. And Jessica McCaskill fighting a, a beast. I think this is going to be a sleeper right here. Yeah. Ibarra, like you said, the more I study her, the more I'm giving her a chance to upset uh, uh, the Caskilla here because she's big, she's strong, she's coming off some good wins. I mean, don't sleep on that fight. That's going to be our opener. And uh, yeah, the round of the year with McWilliams Arroyo, you know, both fighters went down. Uh, Martinez is susceptible to getting hit with something big, and Arroyo has a mean left hook. I think that fight's going to, you know, uh, start where it ended the last time around and then the main event. I mean, we can't speak, you know, enough about the main event with this young kid taking on these older uh, grizzly veterans and champions. There you go, Sergio. You could be a promoter one day. You should put your promoter hat on for us. I love that. What do you think? Latin Snake Promotions? You know what? I am incorporated under that name, Latin Snake Promotions, but no, no way. <laughs> All right, Sergio. Appreciate the time. Huge fight. Uh, quadruple header. Saturday night, you'll be on the call uh, with your friends over there. Chris Mannix, Todd Grisham. Hey, Todd Grisham is my yeah. friend. Chris. Grisham's fun to hang out with. So is Mannix, but Grisham is a whole another level of fun. Hey, he's your cup of tea, Dan, not mine. <laughs> no, I was talking about Grisham. Grisham's fun. Ah, Grisham's the man. <laughs> he's my <laughs> cup of – he's my pint. He's my pint, and Chris is your cup of tea. Yeah, you guys in a golf? You're gonna get around him before you uh, call the fights? Yeah, uh, not this time. I think we have no plans this time around. But uh, yeah, we'll get into something. All right, man. Appreciate the time, Sergio Moore. Do a great job calling the fights. Uh, big one this Saturday night, and we'll catch up with you soon, man. Appreciate you, Dan.
Thank you to our friend Sergio Moore. A lot of big fights coming up. You know, when you work for the zone, you're flying all over the world. He'll be flying to Saudi Arabia in late August. It's going to be really hot there. Oof, that's going to be a hot, hot, hot fight. Uh, I like the fight, too. AJ Nusik, I'm talking about. Uh, this past weekend or this upcoming weekend, uh, Sergio obviously will be on the call for that quadruple header. Uh, I'm saying don't sleep on Alma Ibarra. She's fighting Jessica McCaskill. That could be the upset. Uh, of the weekend, I expect Jesse Rodriguez to win, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I think Rung Vasai is going to try to take him out early. And before we get to Jesse Rodriguez, Bam Rodriguez, the youngest champion in all of boxing, i got to talk about Sweaty Sack Summer. We are now in summer. This past week was the longest day of the year, summer solstice. Makes me think about Manscaped. Makes me think about prioritizing my comfort. And Manscaped, they are the king of comfort. They are the king of crotch comfort they've spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there i have worn these briefs and i'm not saying this because this talking points are put right in front of me they are the most comfortable underwear i have ever worn in my life uh, they, they are just they have these that special um guilt for the family jewels what is it the gill the jewel pouch trademarked that's how you know it's serious so they trademarked that thing i think it's time you invest in your family jewels very important that you do that. So let your bulge breathe. Get 20% off plus free shipping by using code BOXING at Manscaped. That's 20% off free shipping, code BOXING at Manscaped. That sounds like a really good deal. It's getting hot out. Uh, you know, we're going on dates now in the summer. You want to take care of everything that's going on down below. They have the Lawnmower 4.0, which is the best electric trimmer for the below-the-waist grooming the trimmer offers skin safe technology designed to keep and uh those hairs nice and loose uh, to trim them all they have the uh, micro model fabric is buttery soft and breathable just a great great stuff for us men out there that are trying to keep everything tight down below that's manscaped use 20 percent. you get 20 percent off excuse me free shipping with the code boxing all right, here he is, Jesse Rodriguez, Bam Rodriguez, the youngest champion in all of boxing. All right, our guest this week is the youngest champion in all of boxing, Jesse Bam Rodriguez, and he's here with us on Inside Boxing Live. Jesse, what's going on? How are you, my friend? I'm good, man. Just chilling, getting ready for this fight, and I appreciate you having me. So first off, how did you get the nickname Bam? I feel like no one actually calls you Jesse. It's just Bam Rodriguez, Bam, Bam, Bam. How did you get that yeah. nickname? I've had it since I was a uh, since I was born. Uh, it started with uh, Bambi like the deer, and 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 then they changed it uh, to Bambino like the great Bambino. Yeah. And then as I got older, they just cut it to Bam. I figured maybe it was like a Flintstone tie in it, but the Bambino. Why why a deer? Do you do you know? No, I don't even. I guess because I was just a little baby, so you know, <laughs> I was probably a cute baby or something. That's why they named me Bambi. And then with the great Bambino, are you a baseball fan growing up in Texas? I know it's a baseball hotbed. Oh, uh, no. I mean, I was, I was still a little kid at the time, so I, I knew nothing about it. It was just on my parents' part. I gotcha. Well, born in 2000, first fighter to win a world title, born in the year 2000, which just blew my mind. You know, I still consider myself somewhat young, but, like, I remember <laughs> 2000. Like, 2000, I was out running around with my friends as, like, a teenager, like, getting into yeah. trouble. That's nuts to me. Ushering in a new generation. Uh, I know you get a lot of questions about being the youngest champion today. Uh, how does it feel to be part of this this youth movement in boxing? It's amazing um, to be the first the first fighter born in two thousand to become a world champion, and you know to be the youngest active world champion. It, it means a lot, and that's just a lot of motivation. Yeah, it's more motivate. It's more fuel to the fire. 
Yeah, absolutely. Guys like Shakur Stevenson, uh, what we just saw from Devin Haney, who's got like a couple months on you this past weekend. There's so many up and coming guys under 25. Um, who do you like watching the fight? Uh, and in terms of guys that are around your, your age group? Um, I, uh, out of those, like, that you just named, I, I like watching Shakur Stevenson. Uh, you know, he's a southpaw, so I pick yeah. up things here. I, I pick up things here and there watching his fights. Uh, Devin Haney as well. He's he's real slick, real, real composed. Real, he has a high IQ as well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I watch a lot of their fights. Yeah, who are some fighters that you watched growing up? So if you're born in 2000, like, you know, when when did you start watching boxing, and who were some of the guys that were fighting at that time that you were like, wow, that's who I want to be like. I didn't really start watching boxing too much until like uh, I want to say 2012, but mm-hmm. that's when that's when Robert Garcia he had Nonito Donaire, yeah. Brandon Rios. That was that was that you know that was a really good time for boxing right there. And uh, Nonito Donaire and Brandon Rios were my two favorite fighters at that time. Yeah. Brandon Rios, Mike Alvarado, remember that fight? Yeah, of course. Uh, oh my god, I mean, who who can't forget that fight? <laughs> that was like working at CompuBox, you know, counting the punches. I was just like, good god, like. This is hard yeah. to keep up with. And yeah, I bet. I bet. Dude, that was one of those wars, and there was so many good good fights. You bring up Robert Garcia. Obviously, your trainer, been with him uh, since the start of your career. Um, what have you learned from Robert? What is Robert really known for? Um, take us through working with such a great trainer in Robert Garcia. Yeah, working with Robert Garcia is just it's an amazing experience. Before I, I was working with Robert Garcia, I was I was a big fan of him. So to work with him, it's just, it's like a dream come true. And every day, every day in the gym, you learn something new. And I mean, like I said, it's an amazing, it's an amazing opportunity and it's a blessing. Yeah, he is. I just read a a story on him that part of his deal with training Anthony Joshua is that he had to be at your fight. So he'll be flying back Friday uh, from the UK uh, to be in your corner on fight night. What do you think he can bring to Anthony Joshua, a guy that is looking to get back on the winning track? Someone that um, the narrative is like he doesn't fight big, he doesn't use his physicality, he doesn't seek and destroy. Um, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I wonder what Robert Garcia could bring to Anthony Joshua's stable." Uh, someone that you that, that trains with, I feel like you have a great knowledge of, of that. So, what do you think that Robert could bring to Team Joshua? Uh, Robert Garcia as a trainer, he has a very high IQ, so he's gonna bring he's gonna be able to bring all those attributes that uh, Anthony Joshua carries. He's gonna he's gonna be able to bring them out and. I believe on the in the second fight he's gonna be able to display those. So you, you think he'll be able to fight like bigger? Like, do you think that's something he needs to do? Like, obviously we'll get to your fight in a second, but I'm intrigued by Anthony Joshua versus Usyk. Do you think he can go in there and fight like he did before the Klitschko fight, where Joshua was going in there taking people out? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure if he's gonna be able to take Usyk out like you know, like he used to do with his other opponents. But yeah. he's gonna he's gonna go in there with a with a better game plan for sure. Uh, you know, having Robert in his corner isn't a, isn't a isn't a play a big part in that fight. Right, I love that big fight for you Saturday, June 25th. Saw Rungvisai, another legend. You just knocked off a, a big name in, in Carlos Quadras, taking on. Sorong Vasai, guy that was around for been around for a long time. Jeez. Yeah. And <laughs> what is it like for you to like you're in a great position because you are now you've taken off a guy in, in Quadras. It's a division that has a lot of big names. If you decide to stay at 115, uh, names that fans know and you could potentially pick them off one by one. And that's the best way to get recognition in the sport is to fight the biggest names and win them, which I think you can. Do you feel like you're in such a great spot right now in, in boxing? 
of course, um, I could campaign at 115 or 112. So those two weight classes itself, they carry a lot of big names, a lot of big fights and a lot of opportunities. But as of right now, uh, I already took out one king. So I plan on taking out another in Rungvisai. Um, Take us back to that Quadras fight. He threw a lot of punches. Um, Rungvisai throws a lot of punches, throws more punches per round than Quadras. How much did your life change going from a short notice opponent to winning a world title, youngest champion, everyone now knows you. <laughs> was it like the typical, like, holy crap, like overnight, like I am now a star? Yeah, um, uh, everything with that Quadras fight, it came so fast and it, it paid out so well. I feel like it was meant to be. So when every, when everything came my way, it, I just knew I uh, that's what I've always deserved. So it, it was it wasn't a problem. It never got to my head or anything. I'm I'm yeah. still uh, I'm still humble and I still work just as hard as before the Quadras fight. Did, was there any this like talking with your your team? Was there any hesitation? Like I don't know, maybe we shouldn't take. Let's just stick to the plan. Or was it just like gung ho? Like yes, this is what we need to do right now. Yeah, I mean a world title against a, a name like Carlos Quadras. Uh, there was no way we could pass that up. We, we were already in training camp, too, because we were on the undercard. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we were, we were ready for whatever. And that's when we got the call. And we, we, we had no hesitation. That's awesome, man. That's talking about getting your opportunity and, and running with it. Now, at age 22, it's almost like, you know, guys, what we're seeing this more in boxing where guys that are 22, 23, like Devin Haney or Shakur are getting fast-tracked. Like, no, you don't longer have to fight. 15 cans and become 15 and 0, then then get your shot. But on the on the other side of it, do you feel like you're maybe your career is going too fast? I, I know it's like a catch 22. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like I'm getting uh I'm getting these opponents at the right time. Uh, Carlos Gualas, he he he. Let's be honest, he wasn't the same fighter as he was years mm-hmm. ago. And I feel like Rungvisai, you know, he's already he's already older up there in age two. So yeah. I feel like this this is the perfect time, and it's time to take over. I believe that. I believe that it's, it is a new time in Boston. We're seeing a, a, a turning of the page um, yeah. and it, we're seeing it happen in the ring. I mean, you literally, I mean, you can potentially take out Ronald Vasai Handum potentially could be his last loss or his last meaningful fight. He is known for his uh, punching power. You know, he's known for his durability and he's known for his volume. His last fight uh, went four rounds, but he threw over 115 punches in, in, in every round. Uh, we saw what he did to Chocolatito all those years back. He's a guy that is, is just found ways to survive and found ways to win at the highest level. Do you think the Quadras fight in terms of how much punches he was throwing at you and you were able to uh, negate that, you you landed 45% of your, your power shots. Do you think that's going to help prepare you for another volume puncher in Rungvisai? Of course, um, you know, I went 12 rounds with Carlos Cuadras. Uh, he's a legend. So to go in to go in there mentally, uh, I'm more mentally prepared this time. Uh, given I was I was given a six day notice for against Carlos Cuadras, but I've I've had a an eight week training camp for this fight. So mentally, physically, I'm 100 percent ready. Yeah. Wow, six days notice that is crazy. And now you're a champ, and now everyone's coming for you. That's a yeah. weird, you know, how that plays out, right? You, you go from potentially fighting, uh, you know, on the undercard to being the main event, winning a world title. And now you're defending at home, which too, it, it, I know San Antonio is a huge market for boxing and, and you could potentially be that guy for the next 10 years, even, even longer. Um, do you feel like that's a lot of responsibility? Do you feel like, are you ready for that type of responsibility? Cause you went from, you know, fighting an undercard to now, you know, being a champ, defending a title at age 22. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it's no pressure is it's, Everything it, it works out the way it's supposed to. I feel like I, I've always deserved this kind of you know uh, 
this kind of platform. So to headline in my hometown, like uh, defend my title against a name like Rungvisai means everything. And you know, I'm just I'm just blessed with the opportunity. Who do you uh, um, give credit for for helping you stay grounded? Is it your brother, family, trainer? Uh, how do you stay grounded? Because at 22, I mean, I was doing stupid stuff. Uh, I know a lot of people were as well. Like. I wasn't like have all this responsibility, you know, fighting at home tickets, you know, people, your friends are probably hitting you up, getting pulled in a million yeah. directions. You know, is it your team? Is it your family that helps you stay grounded? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just a lot of credit to my parents, the way they brought me up uh, to always remain humble, always work hard for what you want. And I mean, all, all, all the things that come with it, I'm, I'm just mentally myself I, I i never let it get to me and you know i'm just like i said I, everything's meant meant to be and i feel like i'm supposed to be in this position so i'm just i'm i'm ready for whatever there's a lot of big names in, in at, at 115 it's a division that going back to the hbo days was was put on there and guys like roman gonzalez saw rung Vasai, you know they had their two fights but roman gonzalez is another guy that, that's uh, looming around i know you're not going to look too far ahead because you got a tough opponent in rung beside it could you imagine one day sharing a ring with roman gonzalez of course that that, that would be a mega fight that would be you know uh, a big fight for my career and to get that name on my on my resume it would, it would it would it would look good oh my god he's do you have a lot of respect for the guy i feel like he's one of the most respected fighters today it's like canelo uh guys like uh roman gonzalez uh, donaire uh the elder statesman sort of say of the boxing game i feel like roman gonzalez is beloved yeah, um, you know, before, well, we're, we have the same promoter in Mr. Honda taking promotions. Mm -hmm. So we, we've always, we've kept in contact. And I mean, we, we met a couple of times and it's just, he's so respectful. Like, it's crazy. That, that, that's just uh, someone you, you, you have to love immediately. Yeah, no, there's, right? no, there's, no, there's nothing you can hate <laughs> about the guy. Dude, seriously, it must be hard. Is you find it hard to, when, you, when you're fighting someone, do you feel like you have to come up with a reason? Like, I got to find some type of edge or is it just work? Uh, when, whenever you're in the ring, it's either my mentality, it's you or me, uh, I'm going to eat or you're going to eat. And yeah. after, after the fight, we could be friends, but when we're in that ring, it's a different story. All right. We got some fan questions. There's some good ones in here. Um, All right. I got to find them. Where are they? It was my, uh, my guy, CR Carlos wants to know what is the best Whataburger meal? Probably not the best yeah. thing to ask before a fight when you're trying to cut weight, but what is the, what the, after the fight, after you, you get your dub, what are you ordering at, at Whataburger? probably get myself a patty melt with a large fry <laughs> that sounds good right about now right yeah of course anything sounds good at this at this point okay um here we go uh, which fighter or fighters today or maybe of the past do you study the most um i study a lot of lomachenko but back, back when i was coming up as an amateur i, I would watch a lot of nonito doner and pick up a few things from him nice love that uh what is the highest weight class that you think you will be competing at? I know you can go low. I mean, you start at 108. You said you can fight at 112. How high yeah. do you see yourself going one day? Eventually, um, at the end of my career, I believe I'll be a 126 pounder. Wow. There's some big fights there, too. I mean, there's, there's yeah. a lot of different ways your career could go. It must be exciting, right? Being Having it all ahead of you. You know, talking to – because a lot of the fighters today, you know, when I interview – are you know in their 30s and they've been established for, for so long it's refreshing to talk to someone that has their whole career uh, ahead of them there's some big fights 126 who knows who'll be there by the time you get there but yeah know, that's a division that's for a long time has been uh, one of the better divisions yeah of course i mean there doesn't there's gonna be a lot of you know a lot of changes by the time i'm up there but i'm, I'm sure there's gonna be big fights 
by the time. All right, this guy wants to know, are you worried about Rungvisai's power? Uh, and I'll add on to it. Is what, what is it about Rungvisai that makes him a good fighter? I feel like it, it is his power that makes him a special fighter, a good fighter. But, I mean, skill, skill will always beat power, and that, that's what I carry. A lot of skills, a lot of skills. I got to ask you, um, I, I always ask fighters when I have them on is they're pound for pound list right now. And it's a loaded question. You're on Twitter. I see you on there. It gets discussed all the time. Um, people have the ring magazine has their pound for pound list. ESPN has yeah. their fans throw theirs out there. I'm going to put you on the spot, fam. Top <laughs> five pound for pound right now. We'll start with five and work your way down. Five. Um, I'll give it to man. I don't know. Well, we can I'll start with to... one. I feel like one. I think we start yeah. with one. It's easier to start with one and go up. I got. I, 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 be, I, be, I believe Canelo is still pound for pound. Okay. Number one, and then number two, I would give it to. I would give it to Usyk. Mm -hmm. Number three. Mm, who else is up there? There's Crawford. There's Spence. There's Inouye. There's Jamel there's yeah I, I feel like charlo belongs top five uh mm -hmm. crawford so there's already four and yep. my last one i uh i, I would give it to Inouye. yeah top you five I mean, Inouye is a beast can you see fighting him one day yeah may, maybe one day we'll, we'll we'll meet up at either 122 or 126 that'll be a mega fight oh man that's a that's that's an intriguing fight to me. That guy yeah. can crack. Did you you obviously watched the fight with Donair? What is it about anyway? Like his punches just seem different. Like there's a different sound, and like he just looks like a, a a legitimate power puncher. Yeah, I mean, not only does he carry power, but he carries speed. So whenever he throws, it's fast and hard. So I mean, that that's something you don't see too often. Yeah. Uh, how about some fights that you're looking forward to happening the rest of the year? Like Spence Crawford, and its fans are taking sides in this one. They. There's Team Spence. There's uh, Team Crawford. How do you see that fight playing out? If we ever get it, too, it hasn't been signed yet. Man, it, I, I've I've been asked this a lot, and I always say that Crawford, you know, he adjusts to any style that's thrown at him. So it's, it's going to be tough for Spence. But, you know, coming from Texas, I, I would have to root for Spence <laughs> in that one. I think with that fight, it's what makes it so intriguing. It's like Spence throws a ton of punches against uh, Ugas. He was throwing close to 80 around, which is an absurd rate for a welterweight i mean that's the type of uh, you what you see in your weight class is is volume you know 80 to 100 for a welterweight to throw that many like in spence he's very accurate got a really good jab goes to the body and you got crawford who throws the least amount of punches at at welterweight so it's like a perfect yeah. like who's gonna fight their fight so is spence gonna throw his 80 or is he gonna be worried about what's coming back because crawford obviously hits hard and he, he throws uh, you know, only 35 punches around that. That's one of the best fights. Do you feel like there is a, like a change in, in boxing? Like we're, we're finally getting like the biggest fights being made from your weight class all the way up. Yeah. I mean that, that all the undisputed champions that are coming out, it's just that that's goes to show that the best are fighting the best. And that's what boxing has been needing. The best have been avoiding the best, you know, in, in the past years, but I feel like now it's a, it's a hot time for boxing. Right. And your generation, I feel like, is leading it, you know, like Devin Haney going to Australia, you know, taking less money, changing promoters to get those belts, bring it back to the U.S. Guys like Shakur Stevenson, he's always down to fight the best. He's like, what, 23, 24 years old. And he's got Valdez on. He's got Herring. You know, he's got, you know, big wins all, uh, coming from right out of the Olympics. So I, I think the boxing's in good hands with, with guys like you. Do you feel like you're an ambassador 
do you feel like it, you have like any pressure or do you feel like this is this is like how I want it to be? Like I, I want to be leading this charge. Yeah, um the 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 fighters that you mentioned, Devin Haney, Shakur Stevenson, all, all the young fighters, you know, were were really setting the tone for for the for the future that you know it doesn't matter how many fights you have or what circumstances you have to go under, just take the fight and you know that's what boxing needs. All right, Jesse Bambino. Bam, Rodriguez, <laughs> big fight Saturday. Sorung Vasai has a chance to knock off another legend, another big name at Super Flyweight, banging that drum for Undisputed, banging the drum for bigger fights. I think boxing is in really good hands with guys like you, and I look forward to watching you fight, and thanks for the time. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man.